Jason, good afternoon. So what do you think of my narrative at the top? Is this a done deal? Fed's going to taper and we should just accept it? Or is there still some chance it doesn't happen? Good afternoon. Thanks for having me, Oliver. Yes, I, I agree with you. I think it's a done deal. I think markets have already kind of priced it in. Um, obviously, that's why we haven't seen too much of a reaction. It, you know, we saw a little rally in rates and now a little sell-off, but the market is priced in. It's a done deal. It's it's not so much the, the timing of tapering. It's, it's the pace now. Hmm. And do we know details about that? I mean, he kind of gave us a timeline for maybe when tapering could be done. So do we back into any clear math from that? Yeah, I, I think, you know, all along we've kind of been on the slow play of maybe $15 billion a, a, a month, but it sounds like if they're going to finish um, in the middle of next year, and that seems to be what the discussion was around, I think that it's maybe a little faster than that. So if you, you announce in November, you start in December, and you finish, uh, you know, middle of next year, you're, you're going to be, you know, probably closer to $20 billion a month of, of tapering. Okay. And uh, in terms of uh, being priced in as a, as a bonds guy, I mean, it sounds like you would argue that's in the credit, that's in treasuries, stocks. Uh, maybe I'll debate a little bit about uh, how some of that narrative has formed over this uh, past year. But I, I guess right now with yields moving upwards a little bit, is that our sign that it's been priced in, Jason? How are you interpreting direction in the treasury market right now? What do higher yields on the long end mean? What do lower yields on the long end mean from here? Yeah, I mean, I was a little surprised. I thought the dot plots would be taken as a little bit more hawkish. We would have sell, saw a little bit more of a sell-off. Um, but, uh, you know, I agree with you. Earlier I was listening to you saying that the trajectory is a slow grind higher in rates, and I think that's the way we feel as well, is that, you know, the the, the first quarter, the, the inflation trade or reflation trade got overdone and rates went a little too high, and then, you know, we saw the second quarter come back down. But we see that it will gradually grind higher um, as we've seen now the tapering in place and then eventually, you know, the, the lift off the rate hikes sometime uh, after tapering. Do you think that uh, that stresses to the, the bond market, credit markets at all, uh, how fast can the tenure move without uh, upsetting uh, uh, borrowers that have loaded up on debt? Yeah, I think that's what Powell's done a really good job. And if you go back to 2018, he was not very good with his communication at the outset, but he's really done well over the the course of his term here. And he's done well to telegraph this and make it really slow. And I think that's why we haven't seen a disruption in rates um, going, you know, moving at a at a pace that's faster than what the Fed wants. And so I think that's that's where we are right now. I think it's going to be more slow and gradual grind higher. Um, so I don't think there's going to be any anybody that needs to be caught offside. You know, manage your duration as you see the Fed start to taper and then eventually lift off. Does uh, the potential for higher rates, uh, let's say if we get, let's do a little hypothetical here, tenure at 1.3. If we can get back to 2% on that path, we got to 1.8 earlier this year. If we end out 2021 around 2% for the 10-year, does that change? If you have that information today, does it change what credits, what businesses you want to own, and what is that process right now in terms of finding companies that are could withstand any real upside in interest rates? 
Yeah, I mean, obviously, that would be a much faster uh, move on the tenure than what we would project. Um, you know, we came into the year thinking 150. I think it should end somewhere around there a little higher. Okay. We've had, obviously, a wild ride through that. But as far as companies and what we'd look to do is, is you know, obviously, if you have cash on hand and you can take advantage of these higher rates, you know, as a fixed income investor, higher rates aren't always bad. It's just if they, they move in a fast pace over a short period of time and then your duration is 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 not appropriately positioned to 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 handle that then you need to look to reduce it where in this case if we're if we have cash on hand and we have plenty of uh, opportunities down the road there's industries right now that we like you know a lot of the uh, areas that we avoided last year the beach is what we came up with an acronym where we were avoiding you know some of those sectors that we just felt weren't going to weather COVID. So some of those are the ones we'd look to, um, you know, take advantage of if we saw a rising in rates. And remind me which areas those are. Those are kind of the epicenter stocks. Yes. Uh, so in, in the in the corporate land, our beach acronym was booking agencies, energy companies, airlines, cruise lines, and hospitality was kind of a catch-all for entertainment, leisure, and travel. Okay. So you're saying maybe it's time to start dabbling in some of those. Yeah, so we already have. So the aircraft lessors is, is kind of falls under the airlines or the, the aircraft category, and we've already started to to dabble in those a little bit and, and take some exposure there. As we haven't seen spreads, you know, tighten back into those like we've seen in other areas, so there's still some opportunities there. Have you seen anything over the last uh, week or so, Jason, that suggests uh, that uh, the China risk around real estate defaults or uh, the overall just uh, real unwind of their economy in the last four months and their markets. Do you see that showing up anywhere tangible here uh, from your perspective as a bond manager? Yes, we did. We saw, you know, about eight to 10 companies didn't issue on Monday because of the the, the tone of the markets just ah. really was too volatile for them. So they, they backed off. So we really have seen a really a light primary issuance week um, this week due to the uh, the tone around China. So that's something that we're, we're looking at we don't really have exposure to that but it's still it does affect us in in the, the investment grade credit primary issue in space 